The World is Noisy, God Whispers, the podcast is a production of Journeys Revealed Ministries. Glorify the Lord by your life. To learn more about this Catholic nonprofit apostolate, visit the website journeysrevealed.com. And now on with this month's show. In this ever-changing world, Lord, there is one thing that's constant, one thing that never changes, one thing I can always count on, you. My world seems messy right now. Things seem to be all over the place. I seem to be all over the place, constantly changing, constantly jumping from one thing to the next. In reality, it's probably not as bad as it seems, but in terms of how I feel, it's a mess. In this moment, though, in front of your true presence, you remind me that no matter how much things, people, and situations change, you remain the same. You remind me that you are the only constant in this inconstant world. I don't know why, but I'm filled with great peace as I ponder this reality. It's comforting to know that no matter what, you don't change. You are always with me. You love me without ceasing. I pray, Lord, that you help me to be your constant presence in the lives of those around me. I pray that I, like you, am always dependable, always merciful, always loving. Teach me, my God, to love others as you love me. Teach me to be merciful as you are merciful. Teach me to be more like you. I know it, Lord. Yes, I know it. I know that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Now show me how to live it. My soul thirsts for you in the noise of my day, Lord. Thank you for these moments of rest in your arms. Thank you for these moments of silence in your presence. Help me to serve you in my daily duties and to seek you always. May my heart never stop longing for you. I love you. I thank you. I praise you. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The World is Noisy, God Whispers, the podcast. I am your host, Julia Monin, author of the book, The World is Noisy, God Whispers. This is the 45th episode of this podcast already. We are in, um, this is the podcast for July of 2021. And what I opened with there, I'm hoping that kind of sets the tone for where we're going today. That was reflection number 67 that you can find in my book. It's called Unchanged. And I'm not sure that it was super obvious just by the reading of that reflection, but that was something that I wrote back in May of 2014, an incredibly, um, just just a confusing time in my life, I guess. There was a lot going on in my life at that time. I was getting ready to, um, I was just beginning to like think and wonder about turning my journal into the book. I was super busy. I was kind of consumed with that dis- that decision, um, trying to discern God's will and all of that. And anyway, when I wrote those words, I was in front of the Lord in his true presence in Eucharistic adoration. I can remember it clearly to this day. I was at a meeting, um, and this was a meeting that was like lasting all evening. So I got out of it late. And of course, the, the day itself was chaotic and stressful. I ran from meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting. And then all of a sudden I ended my day in a meeting. And I can remember by the end of it at like 9.30 at night, 
just feeling absolutely drained and wiped and confused and like what in the world am I doing with my life is this really what life is all about is this really what loving God looks like is this really what serving the Lord looks like like I just felt like I didn't know how to slow down I didn't know how to rest and I was constantly running constantly changing and so after this meeting ended at like 9 30 on this it was probably a Tuesday evening I ran to the Adoration Chapel, which was literally next door to where I, where I was meeting. And I remember this just coming out and having such peace with the fact that no matter how much my life was changing, no matter how much I was moving on the outside, no matter how much the Lord was moving and working these different things, and no matter how confused I got about what exactly it was he was asking me to do with my life, no matter what exactly it was he was asking me to do with my, with my journal, there was such peace and just looking at him and his true presence in the Eucharist and Eucharistic adoration and thinking about God and knowing no matter what changes around me, God doesn't change. No matter how much I'm moving, he remains still. And I found such peace with that in that moment of turmoil in the midst of that impromptu trip to Eucharistic adoration. To backtrack a little bit, Let me tell you that at that time in my life, that was 2014, I had already been um, spending time with the Lord in Eucharistic adoration on a weekly basis for a number of years at that point. That was something that I started doing fairly early on in my walk with the Lord, or I should say in my adult walk with the Lord. Um, If you know my story, I had an ordinary fall from grace, lived totally was living the life of the the culture as a young um, 20-something-year-old girl. That eventually led to me making a return to the sacrament of reconciliation and, and fully opening myself up to receive the Lord's mercy and to get some sort of a fresh start. And years after the Lord began healing my heart from my life of sin, um, I began showing up in prayer in more real ways, just longing for a deeper relationship with Him, right? So as He's healing me, from the muck that had become my life and restoring me to new life in him, I began longing to spend more and more time with him. So one of the first like real things I did at that point, besides going to mass, besides going to confession, because those are like the foundational things, right? We, we, we embed ourselves in the life of the sacraments. But one of the things I did besides those two things was signed up for a weekly hour of adoration. So every Sunday at 7 p.m., there I was in Eucharistic adoration before our Lord. And I have to admit, in the beginning, I had no idea what that was supposed to look like. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea if I was allowed to sit while I was there or if I had to stay kneeling the whole time. Was I supposed to be reading some sort of book? Was I supposed to be saying some sort of prayers? It was like a a toddler showing up right to something that you expect that they're going to fumble through. And I was totally fumbling through it in the beginning. And yet, in the deepest part of me, I longed to be there with him and I longed to be in his presence. And that time became like the highlight of my week. So think about that. Sunday at the end of every day, I could spend time in prayer and reflection, thinking about everything the Lord had unfolded in the week that had just passed, wondering about what it is the Lord might want to be doing with me in the week that was to come. 
and perhaps most importantly, just spending time with him, right? Spending time with this 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 person of the Trinity, the the Christ who came to us and gave himself to us in the Eucharist, right? And just spending time with him, growing in my love and in my devotion with him. So I'm not here to tell you that I, I know what's right and what's wrong and what adoration with the Lord is supposed to look like. I'm just telling you that today's podcast, this month's podcast, this is the te- the theme that was put on my heart, was to spend some time talking to you guys about, of course, my own experience with Eucharistic adoration, but then perhaps encouraging you to spend some time with our Lord in that way as well. So perhaps there's Eucharistic adoration offered at your home parish. If not, maybe there's a neighboring parish where you can find it throughout the week. Maybe your parish itself has a perpetual adoration chapel where where you can sign up for an hour. Um, maybe if once one hour a week seems like too much of a commitment, maybe you can just become a sub for somebody. Maybe you can share it with somebody. You know, Maybe you could find four different people to do a certain hour and each of you do a week out of the month. Whatever it might be, I encourage you to really prayerfully discern that and consider that. Powerful things happen when we give ourselves to the Lord. And when we are sitting there in his Eucharistic presence, um, it's just like what I opened with that reflection. The world is constantly moving. Things are constantly changing. We're constantly in these states of distress, wonder, worry, fear. And yet you enter that chapel, you enter his Eucharistic presence, and it's like it all stops. Even if it's just for a hot second, <laughs> you, you sense this peace of no matter what is changing around me, God does not change. And that is so comforting and so freeing. And it gives us the peace we need to go back out into the noise and to be the Christians we're supposed to be. Christians who radiate peace, who radiate love, who radiate mercy. Otherwise, we're, we're just adding to the panic. We're adding to the noise. We're adding to the chaos. And so, at least in my own life, Eucharistic adoration, regular Eucharistic adoration, is really where I have come to, and again, in a very imperfect way, but where I have come to imitate our merciful Savior, who is unchanging, who never moves, no matter what storm is coming our way, who is there like a heartbeat, bump, 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 constantly remaining still. Oh, there's such beauty in Eucharistic adoration, and I fear I'm not doing it justice in this podcast, but I wanted to open with that first reflection, okay? That was reflection number 67 called Unchanged. I gave you the background of that, of where I was in that moment. It was a stressful, busy time in my life. It was a stressful, crazy busy day, and at the end of it, I I, I mean, adoration, literally, it was next door to where I was, and I went in there, and it was just like, oh, he doesn't move. He doesn't change. And there is peace in knowing that truth. So with all that being said, I want to now jump to another reflection in my book. So this is reflection number 188. So that other one was written in March of two, or no, I'm sorry, May of 2014. This reflection, which is titled Not Julia, Jesus, was written in February of 2015, so almost a year apart. But what is similar about these two reflections is that I penned both of them while I was before the Lord in Eucharistic adoration. And I think 
you'll sense a theme. And this is the point I really want to drive home with this month's podcast. So before I drive home that point, let me go ahead and read to you reflection number 188 from my book, The World is Noisy, God Whispers. It's called Not Julia, Jesus. I sit now in Christ's presence, overcome with thoughts and feelings. Here he is, Jesus, the love of my soul directly across from me. I wonder, what would I do without him? Where would I go? What would I be? I would be lost, I tell you. Oh yes, I would be lost. I would be lost, I would be empty, I would be incomplete. In some ways, I feel guilty for knowing the Lord the way that I do. In some ways, I feel like I have an unfair advantage when it comes to running my race. Yes, in some ways, I feel like I have a quote-unquote secret weapon. A secret weapon that I would love nothing more than to not keep secret. I now see this as part of my mission. Yes, I now see that I'm here to let the cow out of the bag, so to speak. There is good news to share, and I am here to share it. There is an answer to all of this, and that answer is Christ. For the rest of my life, I have but one goal, to become like him whom my heart is so in love with. He is everything my heart longs for. I want nothing but to love like he loves. I want nothing but to make him known so that others might love him too. We, as I see it, are a hungry, tired, worn out people in need of one thing, love. It will be my mission to give others this one thing. The rest is nothing. How can I love more like you, Lord? How can I be more like you? I will start by taking my gaze off myself and placing it on you. Yes, I will start by focusing more on you. Not my will, Lord, yours. Not my timing, yours. Not my plan, yours. Not me, you. Not Julia, Jesus. If it is you who lives in me, Lord, I cannot fail. If it is you who others see, then I will be doing what I have set out to do. If it is you who is revealed through my life and my work, then my life has had great meaning. My work has served its purpose. Infiltrate my entire being, Lord. Make your presence in me unmistakably clear. I love you. I thank you. I praise you. So what is this point I'm trying to drive home? This isn't just a PSA about Eucharistic adoration and go give it a shot because I think you'll love it. I mean, that's kind of what this is, but it's so much more than that. The point I really want to drive home with this connection between what, what God does in the lives of our souls as we continue to surrender ourselves to him, as we continue to show up day in and day out to prayer, as we continue to receive him week in and week out, and more often if you're able, in his body and blood, in the Eucharist at the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, as we continue to return to him and reconcile our, our relationship to him each and every time that we fall in the Sacrament of Reconciliation, as we continue to open ourselves up to him to receive his graces and then do our best to cooperate with those graces, what is the point of all of this? It's to become more and more like him. 
It's to become more and more like Christ. It's to become more and more like this man who gave up everything for us, right? Who hurt, who suffered, who was led to the cross, who gave it all for us as he hung there dying. We are supposed to look like that. More importantly, we are supposed to love like that. And how can we love and imitate this God-man who came to save us if we don't spend time with him? One of the ways we spend time with him is like concentrated time without distractions is in Eucharistic adoration. And as we sit there in that silence in front of our unchanging God who doesn't move and who often doesn't say a word, don't go there and expect that you're just going to hear, start hearing all these crazy things or seeing all these crazy visions. You know what it's probably going to be is a lot of nothing and a lot of dead air and a lot of silence. And yet it's in that moment that we look at this, our unchanging God, that in some way, unbeknownst to us, he draws us into the depths of his love and in so doing, makes us more like him. That was the point I wanted to drive home in choosing both of those reflections to share with you on this podcast today. In both of them, you can hear me calling out to him, this plea of my heart, this pleading of my heart. I want to be more like you. How can I be more like you? This isn't actually about me. This is about you. And so I offer that to you as food for your prayer this month. And perhaps, yes, this, this encouragement to, if it's not something you're doing already, that it's something you, you seriously take. And I know, I know I have so many listeners, you're busy moms and wives, you're busy dads and fathers, you have full-time jobs in, in the home and out of the home. And it's difficult to set that time aside for Eucharistic adoration. I know, I know, I know. But if you are able if it's not something that is taking away from your duties as a wife and a mother, and you're able to make it a priority and carve out some time, if you're able each and every week, you will not regret it. You will not regret it. St. Therese of Lisieux, St. Therese of the Child Jesus and the Holy Face, one of the saints that I'm most devoted to in my own personal life, writes, I feel that my mission is about to begin, to make others love God as I love him. Therese gives us this doctrine of the little way. She had these great desires and aspirations to be a great saint, but she knew that she was incapable of greatness, right? She knew she was incapable of being a saint, like like uh, her namesake, St. Teresa of Avila, or she was, in, she was incapable of being this great doctor of the church, which, by the way, she is now a doctor of the church. But she still had this desire and this longing to love God with everything in her, And so that's where we get this doctrine of this little way. I can't do great things, but I can do these little things with great love. And spending time with our Eucharistic Lord is one of these ways. It's such a little thing in the eyes of the Lord to to devote an hour each and every week to go spend time in silence with our Lord as he is there exposed in the monstrance. And yet it is there that we feel this kind of as the heartbeat, where we fall more and more in love with him, where we grow more and more in love with him. And then we, of course, God willing and 
in by and through God's grace can perhaps one day echo these words of Therese. I feel that my mission is about to begin to make others love God as I love him. And that's really all this is. As we grow in our love of God, as we grow in our love of Jesus Christ, as we grow in our love of the Holy Trinity and the Holy Spirit, then it is natural for us to want to share that love with others. It's natural for us to want others to love God too. And I think in a very oversimplistic way, this is where God is drawing each and every one of us into the depths of his love so that we ourselves love him and in so doing, invite others to love him too. I feel like that was a lot of nothing I just gave you and yet a lot of everything. And so we're going to stop at that. Please consider it. Pray about that. Wonder about if God will open those doors for you and your family to spend time with him in Eucharistic adoration. And when you do, think less about what's right and what's wrong and what you should be saying and what you shouldn't be saying when you're in there. And more about snuggling up with the Lord who loves you so much and resting in his merciful arms. And so with that... Thank you again for being with me for another month. If you want to stay connected with me between shows, please go to my website, theworldisnoisy.com. And I want to end with scripture. We're going to end prayerfully in here with scripture. As you know, in my book, if you've got the book in front of you, each reflection ends with prayer. And then after each prayer, I take you to scripture, right? So kind of reflect pray, and then go to God's word. And so that's where we're going to end with today. This is the scripture that I chose to end that last reflection, not Julia Jesus. It's from the Song of Songs, chapter eight, verses six through seven. Set me as a seal on your heart, as a seal on your arm. For stern as death is love, Relentless as the netherworld is devotion, its flames are a blazing fire. Deep waters cannot quench love, nor floods sweep it away. Were one to offer all he owns to purchase love, he would be roundly mocked. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.